0: Hello, everybody. I am Andy. I am one of the midwives with Holistic Heritage Home Birth.
1: Uh, I'm Jay Lynn. I am the other half, I guess. I'm Holistic Heritage Home Birth. And this is Midwife
0: Monday. Welcome back. It's Halloween. It is. Um, also, our Astros are playing their third game, one-and-one. One. So, woo hoo!
1: Astros. I've got money on this game. Not really money, but... Um, Gallery furniture does the whole money back thing, so I bought a mattress, so I'm like, I'm gonna get my money back
0: for my mattress. Mattress Mac is smart. Like his whole thing yeah. he's got with the World Series, with the Super Bowl. Last year I lost the Super Bowl, I was not happy about it. Um, does he do
1: the same thing for the Super you Bowl? He said, well,
0: I don't, I don't know what he does, but we did a mattress for Super Bowl, and we did not get that booger for free, and it was like, <laughs> we would. All out because oh yeah we had the chance it was great free
1: and it wasn't whoops yeah no we spent a lot of money on our mattress I'm really happy with it and we bought bedroom furniture too our furniture is like 30 years old and I'm really happy with that furniture but we don't get the money back for furniture just mattress so I'm all in and I'm watching the Super Bowl and Evelyn and I are you're
0: watching the World Series
1: (laughs) oh what am I watching (laughs) I don't even know what I'm watching. I now give by my bet. But Evelyn and I are watching it together and we're having a blast. Evelyn's my granddaughter.
0: So, ghost shows.
1: Yes. Um, today we're going to
0: talk about preeclampsia, which I think there's a lot of confusion about what it is, what it isn't, how you get it, and how you don't get it. Because, honestly, there's not a whole bunch of information about those things. It's just given to you as a, hey, here's a big plate of scary crap. Um, and that can be true but not really when you dive down into it and see what it's all about
1: yeah and then so what pre what gets pre started is and i noticed this was in your notes but i'm going to go for it um i'm going off the rails here you are
0: she's going to the toes before she gets to the hair no
1: no no i want to no So what causes preeclampsia in the first place is that we have what's called spiral arteries in our uterus. And that's what opens up, fills up the liner each month, and we have a cycle. And then they stop, and then that's that's what starts our cycle in the first place, right? We lose that lining. That's our periods. So those spiral arteries are there to attach to the uterus, to the placenta. So that's the first step in preeclampsia, if you're going to have it or not. Um, those spiral arteries are little, twirly, look like little piggy tails. That's what they look like. Um, but when they attach to the placenta, they're supposed to get nice and soft and not spirally anymore. If they are tight, that's when your risk of preeclampsia come And we don't always know that until later in the pregnancy, but that's really the beginning of it. If those arteries are really tight, then that causes decreased blood flow and that causes blood pressure issue and it causes all kinds of uh, changes that we're going to talk about later. But that's the foundation of preeclampsia, is those spiral arteries attaching to the placenta.
0: And you know, most research won't say that's, they'll just say it's idiopathic. We don't know. It could be related to the placenta, but that's as far as they want to go as the details in most research. Isn't that silly? Like when when we know what the root causes of something, it's like they don't want to get down to the root cause. Let's just put a band aid on it and treat it instead of figuring it out.
1: Right. And I, um, you can really dive deep into the research on this and get a lot better sources than sometimes we're always able to get mm-hmm. via Google Scholar or, right, but it's really done in other countries. Yes, Not that's so much true. here.
0: So let's backtrack a little bit and just talk about like how often do we really see it? The research I saw says anywhere between 1 in 20 pregnancies or 1 in 25 pregnancies are going to be affected by preeclampsia. And we've seen a real increase in the last 10 years of 25%. It has gone up by 25% of incidents in the last 10 years. And the research, of course, says we don't know why. I've got some theories of why it's happening.
1: And I did notice, like, in some of the stuff that you wrote that you can't prevent it. But I will tell you, you do not see preeclampsia in the out-of-hospital birth world. Not yet, often, at all. Not often. It is rare. I don't think we've ever had anyone in preeclampsia in our practice in five years.
0: We may have had somebody we thought could have. We might have had one. But it is, yeah, you know, it is so, 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 so rare. Yeah. Um, There are some... I, I think the reason that people don't want to say what the cause of this is, is because people are so sensitive right now. It's like a climate of Karen's and butt hurtedness. And nobody wants to say it's really what you put in your mouth and what you do with your body. That is the prevention. Yeah. And nobody wants to say that because you might hurt somebody's feelings. i like, Hey, you're eating like a garbage can. It's true. Like, Don't eat like a garbage can. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Other things I just want to say is it, In those numbers 1 to 20, 1 to 25, so it affects like 5 to 6% of pregnant people. It does affect Hispanics and African Americans a little bit more um, than anyone else. And if, uh, so there's preeclampsia that happens in pregnancy, but there is also um, like a sidebar, right? You can get it after you've had a baby, even if you didn't have it in pregnancy, and that would be called postpartum preeclampsia we're not going to talk really about postpartum preeclampsia but i just want you to know that there's two different kind in case you're going oh i have preeclampsia we may not be talking about you because we're talking about pregnancy
1: and preeclampsia if you really have a diagnosis of it it's serious yeah
0: <coughs> and preeclampsia if it goes off the rails is is a bit of a bully
1: and it can it can do some damage yeah i mean it's we don't really love induction but i think it's a valid reason you need to have a baby. The only cure for preeclampsia is to have a baby. That's right. Have the baby. And I just, I'm a
0: number girl because I feel like the answers and the facts are in the numbers and in the data. And America is three to four times more likely to have a present pregnant person than any other industrialized country of the world, which I think is just another like slap in the face of how much money we spend on maternal care, on infant care. We spend the most money in the entire world, and we have some of the poorest outcomes. So it is not money-based. It is nutrition-based and education-based.
1: And, and, you know, we have so many parts of our country that women don't have access to care or access to good information, which you would think we live in the information age, but... That's not necessarily true when you're living in your more rural areas. And that's one of the reasons why Texas has such poor outcomes, because we have a lot of rural areas um, where women aren't getting care.
0: Right. So that's part of how you can prevent it. So when we're talking about prevention, I want you to remember that all of these things kind of go hand in hand. You just you don't do one of them and then not do the others. They all go together. They like to date each other. They like to marry each other. They like to hang out in crowds, right? So if you look at one like exercise you're going to see oh if i exercise it's going to decrease my my stress and it's also going to help me sleep better so now you're doing all of them it's like they're all intertwined and spaghetti these prevention methods
1: right and i don't think we would cover i don't know that we discussed what preeclampsia is so we started off with those spiral arteries decreased blood flow so preeclampsia is when our blood pressure starts to rise that has that because we have decreased we have higher pressure in our blood Blood flow, so those spiral arteries are tight, so it's taking a lot more pressure for the blood to go through that, which causes mom's blood pressure to go up. So your blood pressure goes up, and you're like, oh, big deal, so what if your blood pressure goes up? But it causes all kinds of changes in your body. Kidney function, liver function. It builds up different types of acids in your body that can cause you to have a seizure. So um, you're really sick. And you really have six. a baby, and it is amazing. You have the baby, and it all stops
0: pretty quickly too.
1: Yeah, pretty quick.
0: And we'll talk about the treatment part of it of it in just a bit. So let's talk now about what you can actually do to prevent it. And this starts even before you're pregnant. And it's part of it is um, maintaining a healthy weight. I don't really care about BMI. Wipe my butt with BMI. It's just a number that they based off one little group of people. And, but a healthy weight's important. Mm-hmm. Um, Because we know that your risk increase of high blood pressure if um, you're having to get blood all around the whole body.
1: And I think you want to start preventing it before you get pregnant. So you want to start that prevention. Start your healthy nutrition before you get pregnant. And there is some research out there. That states that if you're on birth control oral birth control you should wait two or three months to get pregnant but if you get pregnant like the minute you get off that birth control those moms actually have a higher incident of preeclampsia and that probably has to do with those spiral arteries not having a chance to really soften up and do their job because you've been on birth control this whole time Mm. Um, so if you're on oral birth control come off of it, wait wait three or four months to get pregnant and let your body um, find its new normal. Yes, I agree. Um, so some things to do, right? Have a healthy
0: weight, drink water. You wanna have eight to 10, eight ounce glasses of water a day. When you think you've drinking enough water, have one more. You should that's be drinking philosophy. about
1: half your weight in ounces. So if you weigh a hundred pounds, you should drink 50 ounces of water a day.
0: You wanna exercise, that's 30 minutes a, a day. Uh, And it doesn't matter what you do. If you were doing it before, it's probably safe to to continue doing that in pregnancy. But don't start something new. Don't try to be a CrossFitter six months into your pregnancy. Do what you were already doing. Walking is always safe. Swimming is always safe. That sort of thing.
1: Reduce your stress y'all we're too stressed (laughs) so whatever you if you can control it eliminate stress from your life and if you can't control it you have to change the way you're thinking about it Um, and then meditation exercise um, yoga
0: all there's those there's things great apps dish. that can just help you breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't even have to talk about the hormones that are involved with stress, like cortisol. I mean, it's, it's a whole giant game. And you've got to start your day off low so that that cortisol level is low. Yeah,
1: Eat good protein. Yes. Protein, protein, protein. Um, almonds are anti-inflammatory, mm-hmm. by the way, and a good protein. Eat your almonds.
0: Protein is awesome. Um Sleep more that's gonna balance out your hormones and it's gonna actually lower your blood pressure when you're sleeping more. Like I said earlier, they all intertwine. Um, Take your vitamin D. One, we know it's a building block for immunity. We preach vitamin D all the time. We walk around puny in our vitamin D, like really sad puny. Um, Vitamin D is very, very important. It helps regulate your hormones. We recommend to our clients, depending where their levels are, anywhere from 5,000 IUs to 10,000 IUs a day.
1: Yeah. Take care of vitamin D. And you may think, oh, I'm in the sun all the time. I get my back plenty of vitamin D. But if you're not sweating in the sun or if you've got sunblock on, then you're not absorbing it.
0: Yeah. And while we're talking about vitamins, don't forget your fiber. Don't forget your prenatal vitamin. You probably are eating really great and really balanced, I hope. But sometimes we're not getting all those little micronutrients in and end up the right amount that you need. So don't forget fiber. And um, I just heard a midwife say on Saturday and I loved it don't forget your protein and produce that simple protein and produce when in doubt and your veggies on the higher end than your fruits
1: yes because you can't eat too much fruit y'all you can too much fruit and all that balances <clears throat> out so protein makes blood vessels nice and soft and that's what you want you want your blood vessels to be nice and soft so you have good perfusion between you and your baby This, yeah. you and your baby are a team Right. So they've grown that whole other organ, their placenta and your placenta, that that placenta and your body need to work as a a team. So you need good nutrition for good teamwork. Yeah. And garlic.
0: Garlic's a blood pressure lower. I like garlic. But just know if you're already on some sort of blood pressure medicine, don't throw everything at it because a, a grapefruit or a garlic that can bottom you out. So, talk to your provider if you're already on blood pressure medicine. Don't go doing all the things we're saying until you know it's safe.
1: And I don't know that you need garlic, um, unless there's a reason for it. Because mm-hmm. it can, it is a blood thinner too. It is. So, you want to be careful with it.
0: Um, so, who's at risk? I already talked, um, a little bit about, about Hispanics and African Americans being at a higher risk, but also people who are, young and that's under the age of what 18 18. and then a little older over the age of 35. Um, when I had my oldest son, Caleb, they said I was preeclamptic and and I think it had to do with age. I don't know that I had preeclampsia. I'd like to see those records actually. Yeah. But I was induced on mag the whole thing with him for blood pressure issues. Um, Also, if you happen to be pregnant with more than one baby, so twins, triplets, that sort of thing, that increase your risk just a sec. If you're of low socioeconomic status, and I'm not sure if that's just because you aren't like there financially, or if it's because of the kind of nutrition you can afford because of your financial status.
1: And maybe stress as well. I think it's
0: more about a lifestyle thing than just you don't have the money. Right.
1: Uh, low birth weight babies, if you had type 1 or type 2 diabetes, um, weight, obesity we talked about. If you've already got high blood pressure before going into your pregnancy, then you're at probably the highest risk factor there mm-hmm. is. Um, and that's part of trying to fix the problem before you go in. There are some people that are just genetically disposed, disposition, that have a genetic disposition to have high blood pressure. Um So you do the best you can with that. But otherwise, if you already are struggling with blood pressure and you're not pregnant yet, go see a nutritionist. Go see a naturopath. Go see someone that you can actually start solving these issues before you get pregnant. Yeah.
0: Um, Other things we'll just read off. Um, Women who've had 10 years between pregnancies, anyone who's had in vitro fertilization, I think that has to do with age and stress too, not really that you got pregnant by in vitro, autoimmune diseases, um, yeah, and if it's your first pregnancy, and I think that just has to do with age, too. I don't don't know why that would.
1: And how do you diagnose? So when you come in for your prenatal visits, really, no matter where you're going, you're getting your blood pressure taken all the time. So we kind of know what your baseline is, and we're looking at big jumps beyond your baseline. Yes. Um, It's the big thing.
0: So I do like that they have numbers. They do have scales that says, oh, if it's this blood pressure, systolic over diastolic, that's too high. But we need to know what your base was. Because if you came in and your blood pressure was 80 over 60, and now all of a sudden you're 130 over 90, okay, that might be normal for me. But that ain't normal for you. Right. So we have to, again, look at the individual person. And I mentioned that diastolic and systolic. I think it's important people understand when they're looking at that number, what does that number mean? Why is it what it is? So I wrote it down because I used to understand it in nursing (laughs) school, and all the time I get them um, confused. So the systolic is the top number. The diastolic is the bottom number. You need both of them together, right? So Some people come in, and my blood pressure is 140. Well, 40 what <laughs> you You got to have both. So the systolic pressure is when you're um, the blood pressure in the arteries during the contraction of the heart. So when the heart's contracting down and, and what's happening along the vessels when the heart's contracting down.
1: And I would equate this to if you have a water hose and you put a kink in the water hose, that's the top number. That's the pressure. That's the amount of pressure that's coming out of that hose with a little bit of a kink.
0: And then diastolic is the amount of pressure going through when the heart is at rest.
1: And that's the hose open.
0: Right. Um, Yeah. Other symptoms of preeclampsia besides just an elevated blood pressure would be um, a headache. I'm not talking about like acute headache. I mean a headache where you can't do anything except focus on this headache. If you took Tylenol or ibuprofen, it wouldn't touch it it's It's like a migraine on
1: steroids. It's the worst headache you've ever had.
0: Yep, you might have increased or decreased urine, and most people, um, they think that protein is always in the urine if you have preeclampsia, but sometimes you can have no protein in the urine. You can have the exact opposite just because you're already having system failure. So lots of protein or no protein, both not good.
1: Really depends on your output.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, nausea or vomiting, vision changes, that wouldn't look like, oh, I can barely read the page. But this is more like spotted, blurring, foggy vision, yeah. like that.
1: And you're going to have um, your liver enzymes um, elevate, which you don't have a, symptoms of that, but th- that'll be part of the lab work that's mm-hmm. done, is looking at your liver enzymes and your platelets and your hemoglobin and your kidney function. So we we'll look at all of those things.
0: Other things that might happen is you might have um, an upper pain right below your rib cage, kind of like a sharp stabbing pain.
1: That's your liver. That's your liver. It's saying, I, I don't like this.
0: And you might have <laughs> fluid retention. And this, they go back and forth whether or not this is a symptom or not. But I see it sometimes, so I'm gonna talk about it. So you have this fluid retention. So you'll have swollen hands, swollen feet, even swollen face. Sometimes I can see people when they come in and their nose kind of spreads. You can see that that's not quite normal,
1: normal swelling. Well, if it's all by itself with no other right. symptoms, and it's a normal part of pregnancy. But when you see it and accompanied with preeclampsia, then it's a sign of worsening symptoms. Yes. I think that you just have to put it in context of That's what's right. going on.
0: And I think because of, of that increased fluid retention, we do see an um, a jump in weight. Yes. Um, so what are the complications? We already told you one of the complications that, that shoots preeclampsia to eclampsia is seizures. That's what crosses over into this threshold. So if you're having seizures, you now have eclampsia. That's what we do not want to get to. That's the biggest risk of preeclampsia.
1: And moms and babies die.
0: It can die. It can be fatal. It can be fatal. Because you can have strokes. You can have heavier bleeding. Um, The placenta can actually separate from the
1: uterus um, if you you have preeclampsia. You can have preterm delivery. You can have... um Fetal growth restrictions, so the baby's not getting enough perfusion, getting enough uh, nutrition, so they're small.
0: Yes, and, and health
1: syndrome is a big thing. That's
0: H-E-L-P-P. We could do a whole podcast on health alone. But that's really, really scary because we end up not being able to clot properly. So you're bleeding more, but you can't clot. So then you try to clot more, and it's it's a whole cycle. It's really difficult to stop.
1: And that's why we look at things like your liver enzymes and your blood work, how your blood cells look. That's all part of that health syndrome. Yeah. And
0: then just um, like I said earlier, that it can, it can become a systemic issue, which means your whole body. So you'll have kidney, liver, lungs, heart, and your cardiovascular system all kind of involved. They just want to be a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> They're bored. Uh, so we say all that, and it sounds really, really scary, but just know that this is rare. This is not what's well, not really that rare, but to but get to this point where we're really sick, it's pretty rare,
1: it is, and that is why, um, no matter whether you're seeing your ob or a midwife, that is why we're always monitoring your blood pressure because we know if we catch this early, then. We're going to get you to have a baby, and we're going to cut off all the really bad things that can happen.
0: And this is what when people will say, what would risk me out of midwifery care? This is one of them. Yeah. Because you want to be in a hospital if you have preeclampsia because yes. you need to be induced and you need to have a baby.
1: And we have really, actually, we have really good systems in place. They yes. give you some medications, um, magnesium that um, helps calm everything down, helps prevent um, seizures. It gets your blood pressure down, makes you feel like crap. Yeah, let's um, talk about
0: magnesium for a little bit because I think some people aren't ready for what that feels like when they go in. It feels like you're a little bit high and have the flu. Yeah, And you can get to toxic level, no, toxic, it's called toxic, but you're not going to die from the levels. But if your arms can't lift to hold a baby, there's some signs and symptoms of like um magnesium, magnesium, magnesium toxicity. Tell your provider, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that. They can lower your magnesium. You should not be feeling like that. You should be able to have the strength to hold your baby. That's what happened to me. Like literally my arms did not work.
1: Yeah. Don't but sit there the mag- and be miserable. But the magnesium is protective, and it allows you time to be induced, because that's really what you want. Um, you want to try to avoid the C-section, because if it's a true emergency, you're just going in for C-sections. But if we can avoid that, then they do the magnesium, I think, for 12 to 24 hours, mm-hmm. and then they're going to start induction. So the first they're going to get your blood pressure under control, and then they're going to start induction. Um, and that's really what needs to happen. You just need to have your baby. And what
0: I noticed, because I did work in the hospital for a while, it's really hard to manage all the things going on. So when you have an induction, those surges are really hard, y'all. Pedocin surges are hard. You have to work. Um, So most people that get an induction end up getting the epidural, which then drops your blood pressure. And you're already on magnesium to drop your blood pressure. And this is where we can see some emergencies and people panicking and all the nurses jumping in the room. So be your own advocate and say, I really want a whole bag of IV fluids before you start my my epidural. Because that can make the difference of your blood pressure bottoming out. And then Mm -hmm. they're saying, oh, we got to have the emergency surgery because your blood pressure dropped. And now your baby's not tolerating it well. It's this giant cascade of interventions.
1: Lots of interventions. Um, but it's one of the few times. I mean, people would die before Absolutely. we knew how to treat this, right? So, I mean, these are one of the benefits of a modern medicine that I can get behind. Yep. Um, and thank gosh, there's a good way to um, treat it. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's one of the things your midwife won't play around with. mm You're not going to wait two days. We're not going to wait four days. Uh, all right, let's go have the baby.
1: Yep. Let's do it. Mm-hmm.
0: And they're cute they're so happy <laughs> when they're born <laughs> i need to go to a birth i'm jonesing for a, a you baby i'm jonesing uh, well
1: you might get your wish later today if you want oh it's halloween girl no
0: babies are allowed to come on holidays oh. didn't they get the memo they don't care that is it if you have questions about preeclampsia um We try to keep it super basic, but if you have something that you want to know, some detailed thing, we're happy to look it up if we don't know it, but we want you to have all the information. Um, See you next time on Midwife Monday. Happy Halloween.